Hey, this is Eric, and you're listening to NeuroDetergent. And this is Katie, licensed professional counselor. Our goal is to reach like-minded folks in an effort to connect, encourage, and support each other in our struggles navigating life with neurodivergence. And? And? To have some fun. And some fun. And laughs. And laughs. Along the way, Katie. Along the way. (laughs) If you've got a stubborn stain on your And you're listening to Neurodetergent. We're on episode six. And this is something that I've been wanting to do for a while. And it's actually something, Katie, if you if you recall, something that you and I talked about. Yes. The very first time think, we ever talked. I think that this is kind of something that like start it was like the the birthing place of the podcast was this it conversation. probably is because it's something that you and i've talked about yeah. quite a bit yeah the birth, um, spa- the birth spot so what we're talking about <laughs> is um i don't want to necessarily say mental health in the internet or neurodivergence in the internet okay. or neurodivergence in social media i really want to talk about like just the increase of awareness that has happened through platforms and i think in my research anyway today it seems like it probably started on tumblr okay yeah now it's kind of and now it's kind of moved to like places like tiktok yeah um and you see a lot of those and i think i think we talked a little bit but like did i say that like there is a therapy subreddit right where like the, where people go on and talk about their experiences with therapy. But I don't know how long that's been. A I, and I don't know how relevant that is. I'm terrified to go on there because I'm so afraid that I'm going to see myself. I vaguely remember us talking about that briefly. Okay. But if we can kind of go into the conversation that you and I had. Yes. So if you recall in the first episode, listeners, um, Katie and I met on a dating site. Right. Right. We were lucky enough to swipe right on each other, I guess. Um, but it's a connection. I had asked you a question after I found out that you were a therapist. Oh, by the way, oh I God. matched with a psychologist today. Ooh. You know, just moving up the ranks. <laughs> can you can you can you mouth the name of the person or show me their picture? Um. Can I spell it? Yeah. Can I just write it down? Yeah, I don't want to yeah. say it out loud. Okay, yeah. You know, yeah. We'll, I don't want we'll you see. to say it out loud either. I haven't, I mean, we haven't really talked a whole lot. I'm assuming she went to work. I don't know. Does that know. name ring a bell? Nope. No. Okay. Uh, it's, hey. Apparently she works with like rehabilitation stuff. Okay. So. Cool, cool, cool. I don't know. Exciting. Um, but anyway, I mean, we're talking about dating and matching with mental health professionals. I need you to so. sign an NDA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't tell her that I know you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, one of the things I had asked you is like, how do you feel about people like self-diagnosing themselves? And, and at first you had said, well, I don't think that's an issue. And then I was like, well, I've been talking to this girl on this dating app. <laughs> and it seems to me like she has self-diagnosed herself with kind of every disorder under the sun and like the the conversation with this person was pretty intense like it was just like oh i have this and 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 And then she was like well i haven't been diagnosed for any of these things but and i was like like, did you did you get any deeper into the conversation than that or were you kind of like cool 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 yeah pretty much i didn't want to get like a whole lot deeper into it but i had mentioned it to you i was like hey this kind of comes off as a bit of a red flag (laughs) 
to me. Yeah. And do you remember the advice that you gave me? Unmatch. Unmatch. And I did. I ghosted her. I just Is didn't... that something that I should celebrate talking? Like, is that a good thing? A pop... I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. But Oof. to me... It, I maybe it... will be delicate around that. To me, as somebody who has a diagnosed disorder uh-huh. for the majority of my life, mm-hmm. um, it seemed a little... Like disingenuous coming from this person, like you felt like that, um, like she was kind of pulling apart some of the traits from those disorders and like uh, making them her personality. I think so. And, okay, yeah, and yeah. that's really kind of what I want to get into okay, today, yeah. um, because I, I see this happening a lot lately, mm. and I spent a good amount of time, yeah, uh, online watching some like YouTube videos and stuff. And reading some articles and um, one of the things that I had seen someone say was that it seems like we're kind of in a in an era right now where people are almost romanticizing mental illness mm. or uh, they used Tumblr, for example, and about a lot of the stuff that was. Um, kind of popular on Tumblr when Tumblr was at its peak yeah. to where people, you know, would put all of their mental disorders or whatever in their, in their bios. And it gave the impression that other people were also like just diagnosing themselves with these things in, in order to fit in. Yeah. And like, it's in a way, and I hate to use this word, but in a way it seems like it's become a little trendy almost. And I've even seen, um, videos of people where I don't want to flat out say that they're lying, but to just the casual observer would seem like they are faking things like Tourette's OCD. Uh, I came across a lot of videos where people are like really into just like organizing like their refrigerator and their cabinets and they're like, oh, OCD is really a blessing. And then you would see like a stitch Mm -hmm. from somebody else being like, "Um, excuse me, (laughs) I'm diagnosed with OCD. It's certainly not a blessing. I have to wash my hands every time I touch anything, including my own body. Otherwise, I get this, you know. In terrible anxiety that I'm just filthy and covered yeah. in germs and that you're like making light of this thing and it's really pissing me off mm-hmm. is basically what that happens. So like, um, kind of like, what's your take on that before we get into it? Cause I have some examples yeah, yeah. of some things so, that we can look at and, and everything. Gotcha. And like, I, I guess like I kind of want to go into this episode with a couple caveats maybe some asterisks um okay cool so because i do i do understand that like um because i'm a licensed therapist uh that carries like some weight right for some people right it carries weight for me because yeah right because i don't know shit like speaking to like when we first started getting to know each other how often you would text me and be like um so, like, what's your take on narcissistic personality disorder? And I'm like, what? <laughs> Fuck. Like, what do you mean? What's my take? And then you'd send me a, and then you'd send me a TikTok and be like, this. What well, is, yeah. we're actually going to get into it. I have a whole yes. list of narcissist stuff. Yes. Because that's, it's like a whole subcategory. That's the big thing yeah. now is, is narcissism. Right. And, and, and I think, Am I, I talking think too that loud? is, 
No, you're fine. Okay. I think that's problematic, uh, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Go ahead okay, and cool, finish cool. your thought. So, like, I guess I want to go into it. Like, I um, – so, like, I'm not on the clock right now. Obviously, like, I have uh, my, my education and my experience, like, just as a person walking around in the world. Like, um, like just – where I'm coming from in my perspective and like we're doing this podcast for fun right and we're having a good time so like um I do think that like I kind of want to like just put sort of like again like a a preface okay big disclaimer big disclaimer (laughs) saying like that all of my opinions are informed by my experiences and my education and all of that. Right. Um, but like not everything that I say and not every way that I engage with like the public or with my friends or my partners or whatever is, is like me as a therapist. And so I just, I kind of want to like hopefully be seen as a human being in this next segment and not necessarily as a therapist for some of it. Okay. And I'll make the disclaimer when is when I'm gonna say like this is my professional opinion, right? Okay, perfect. Is that all right if yeah, we do I that? Love it. Because I love it. like Let's do it I do wanna be able to kind of like, you know, maybe be like, for example, maybe be a little bit like snarky loosey goosey and snarky <laughs> and have a good time well, i where, wouldn't have it any other where, way okay maybe. where people are like oh my god like she's a therapist or they're a therapist hopefully they'd say they if they listen to like me talk about my pronouns in the first episode they them thanks um uh, <laughs> anyways so i'm still i'm still i'm getting better i'm still working on. i that. know you do great and i appreciate it and like you usually catch it and then you're like hey sorry and I'm like, yeah, cool. Anyway, so this next this next uh, thing we're talking about, like the mental health on the Internet. Right. Um, and just the 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 rise of like mental yes. health awareness and the uh, social media culture that has right. kind of risen out of that. Right. And yeah. so I am. Um, so, like, I think that just in general, uh, the speed with which we're able to get information mm-hmm. and know things is is like insane, right? Oh, and yeah, like the absolutely. technology that is advanced to like get to the point where we're able to do that is crazy. So like, there's so much information accessible now that wasn't accessible 50 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Right. It's like one of the yes. things I like to say to people is is you know we're literally walking around with the wealth of the world's knowledge Absolutely. in the palm of our hands yes. you know it's, like, it's pretty awesome people like to talk people like to hear themselves talk and people really really like for other people to like to listen to right what that's they why people make podcasts exactly and so like <laughs> i think that more information about mental health, more exposure and more like um, people that are able to articulate like their experiences with certain disorders and like share that information and feel a sense of like camaraderie or like feel a sense of like belonging, you Mm -hmm. know, and safety in that there's there is like so much that can be said about that. Right. Right. Just as far as like how what the benefits of that are for people in general Mm -hmm. um but like it's hard because when you take a profession like for example like a therapist i have like over a decade of working as a therapist so and i have like a pretty um pretty like deep well of like 
uh, things that I've experienced and learned. Right. And so it's like when you try to like condense that down into like a 30 second TikTok so that somebody can see that and understand it as far as like what went into formulating that theory or that understanding of a disorder. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, like it's impossible. It's like feels impossible. And so people are going to want to take in information that's exciting and fun and interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. And so there's just so much misinformation and like, there's so much like missing information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the main criticisms that I saw, um, I watched a few videos of people who, were diagnosed with like anxiety and depression and things like that. And they were the ones who were kind of calling out this culture as being toxic. Uh, one of the, one of the things was there was this social media influencer Mm -hmm. and she posted on Instagram, you know, anxiety sucks, new merch drop. I'm donating 15% to ADAA. And it was basically just a hoodie with the Google definition of anxiety on the back of it and you know a lot of people were like oh this is awesome i can't wait to buy it but then some people were straight roasting her in the comments like how fucking dare you like just boil my mental illness down to a soundbite on a t-shirt so you can make a profit off of it right because where's that other 85 percent? i just i don't take things that personal and i can't imagine taking something that personal so like for me it's like okay um like there is ADHD as mm-hmm. a disorder, right? And right. and you can look that up on Google. You can read the D- you can read the DSM. Oh, oh, can I can I interrupt you just for one second? Yeah, I can't promise I can retract. One of the one of the people who made those videos <laughs> actually said the words, and this is a throwback to our first episode. ADHD is the hot new mental illness on TikTok. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember that conversation yeah, you and I had? I do. I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I'm not alone here. <laughs> you, when you were a five-year-old and you were like, this is the hot new disorder. I, when bitches. I was a five-year-old, You're I was like. You're on the like, playground and I'm like, I got the hot new disorder. I was like 36 years from now. I'm going to be I'm going to be right on a podcast, <laughs> even though podcasts don't exist. <laughs> it's so dumb. But Okay. So a couple things like first, before I go back to my last point, I'm going to say this, just imagine for a second, and maybe you can imagine this a lot easier than I can, because I didn't, I don't think I grew up with the access like to technology that you grew up with. Right. I think we've like established that. Um, But like, I could not have imagined uh, being a 20 year old or a teenager and having access to like making a video and broadcasting it live. Right. Yeah. No, and it is to it the is whole weird. fucking world. And, and for those of you who don't know, <laughs> uh Katie is 39. I'm 41. So right. Sarah's 43. So yeah, we Sarah's all grew 43. up during a time when like the internet wasn't like we did not grow up in an age where we had smartphones in high school. Oh no. I we I didn't right. even I remember I was already out of school and had moved up to Springfield uh when Somebody oh. I know got an iPhone for the first time and I held it. Yeah. And I'm like, Holy shit, this is incredible. This is wild. <laughs> so you'll never be able to guess what age Sarah was when she first got a cell phone. Um, it's probably going to be something way out there. Uh, Sarah, our producer, is who she's talking about, by yeah. the way. But uh, I'm going to say 27. 30. 30. I was close. 30. Was close. How, what year was it when you were 30? It was 
2010 and I had a child, so I had to. <laughs> it was 2010 and she had a child already when Imagine she got her first 2010, cell phone. Imagine 2010, like I had def- I had five years under my belt with a cell phone, probably. Yeah, I would say probably shortly after 9-11 is when I got my first cell phone and I was not even 21. Never forget. Never forget. Okay. So where were we? Um, <laughs> we got all the way to 9-11. I know, right? We were... <laughs> And for those of you who really want to know what ADHD looks like (laughs) or sounds like anyway. um, No, we were talking about um, just how different the environment the children are being raised in versus the environment that you and I are raised in. Okay, so I was trying to get to a point. You You don't have to push the mic closer to you. You're you're good. You sound great. Okay, cool. You said somebody had anxiety and somebody was sick. Oh, yes, yes. A sweater. Sweater. A a soundbite. Yeah, the the girl selling anxiety stuff on her. Right. So, like, I guess for me, it's like when I am thinking about ADHD, I think about it from, like, uh, let's say I'm putting, like, my therapist hat on. I just uh-huh. did air quotes because that's like a really old thing to say. I don't even know if people still say that. <laughs> so like I put my therapist hat on uh, when I'm talking about ADHD and I'm, and I'm talking as a therapist and I'm talking to a client. Say your therapist bra. <laughs> that would imply that like I wear bras. <laughs> Anyways. Oh my God. Way off topic. Fucking therapy bra. Okay. Your therapist shoes. So my therapist shoes. I, so like I'm talking to a client. I'm talking to them about like ADHD, how it presents, uh, how it presents in them, what I see, what I can observe, like objective facts. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm talking to you uh, about my ADHD, I'm talking about like my perspectives, my experiences. Um, when I'm, you know, you, that, and so like, I when if somebody has a shirt on and it says ADHD and then on the back it's like I don't know the characteristics of ADHD that are in the DSM I'm not going to be like what the fuck why are, that's my disorder because like my disorder is nothing what is nothing like what's on the back right but don't you think it'd be a little bit different if you I mean seeing somebody with a shirt on in public is a little bit different than seeing an influencer on social media use a mental illness in a way to profit though like that's what she was doing i mean am i not doing that in my profession i mean at least you're a professional this person's just a (laughs) this person's just an in like you know what i mean like i am i have made a career out of other people's mental illness like that is what i do you're not like trivializing it i don't think and i think that's kind of what the main complaint from the people that had a problem with this was is that she's just doing this for clout or right and i don't to make money and i don't want to disrespect anybody who feels hurt or feels misunderstood or misrepresented by a shirt like that i can only say like how i would feel about that mm-hmm. which is that like if if somebody who has anxiety was able to make money off of printing the definition of anxiety on the back of a hoodie and they are able to support themselves in this fucked up fucking world we're living in right now and they can make enough money to fucking put food in their mouths and like I don't know, gas in their car, then fucking more power to them. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, there, <laughs> like, there that's was, my hot take. No, you're fine. It's not a hot take. <laughs> there was a quote on one of those videos that I actually wrote down. Okay. Um, and what this person said was reducing a mental illness to a TikTok trend in the name of awareness becomes problematic. Would you agree? 
Okay, so I'm going to try, because I, do, I don't want to annoy you by going off on a tangent, but I feel a tangent in the brewing. Go off on a tangent. It's go off. deep in my belly. Go off, okay. Your Excellency. Okay, so like when I worked at Name of Place Redacted, mm-hmm. um, it's like the system, which is like, for example, the government, right? Like the system as a whole is fucked, right? Like we live in a capitalist society and like any kind of like um, establishment that is making a profit off of like children being mentally ill and needing to be like uh, treated, be impatient for it Mm -hmm. is going to be corrupt. Like there's going to be corruption in that system because it's fucked as it is. Right. Right. So like if I'm working in that system, then like I'm working in a corrupt system. And so if I'm helping in that system, I'm having to like defy the system. Right. Uh, but I'm still a part of it. And so like, um, it's, it's hard for me to enter this territory of like what is and isn't trivialized, like trivially, trivial being trivialized. Yes. Um, or like, Or things like that, because it's like we live in a capitalist society that is very corrupt and we are watching uh, like our education system, our health systems, all of these systems crumble. Right. And it's painful. And so it's like anything I feel like that is produced in that system is going to be tainted by it. And so it's like hard for me to single out people that are trying to survive in that corruption are you listening to yeah i'm listening i'm just pulling something okay. sorry I just yeah, make no, sure you're you're good. it's hard for me to like single people out in that corruption or in that system and be like mm-hmm. you're fucked up well when i'm not trying like, to single out any one person do you, know what I, do you know what i mean it's sort of like when i watch the joker uh-huh. when i watch the joker which we phoenix the most recent yes. one it's like it's like you by the end of that movie it's like you're rooting for him because like the whole system has fucked him over and so like when i see people who are on tiktok or influencers or content creators who are using like certain parts of themselves that have been denied or like rejected by society as a way to profit in a corrupt society i'm like it's it's hard for me to like think negatively about them you're like hey you know i'm like do what you gotta do i'm like yes i'm like yeah like if you have to survive and function in something that is fucked up you're you're a part of it okay and so like you're having to defy that and it's like things are sticky yeah. So when we Sorry. talk about no, you're fine. I told um, you a tangent was coming. It's all good. So when we talk about uh just mental health, neurodiversity awareness and things like that on the internet, I came across a study <clears throat> and I want to shoot some numbers at you. So this is from a website <laughs> <clears throat> called understood.org. Are you familiar with them at all? I am not. Okay. Uh they did a study and they say 51% of Americans don't trust the info about neurodivergence that they see on social media. Um, and here's some more, some more statistics. I just want to see what you think about these things. Like who, like are, does, is there like any information on who those people are or their demographics? I mean, I didn't screenshot that part of it. I'm sorry. Next time I'll get more, but I have, I have some information on. you don't even know me at all. I have some information on demographics though. Let me, let me read you these 24% of adults ages 18 to 34. Okay. Falsely believe. That learning and thinking differences don't exist compared to only 7% of adults ages 35 plus. 
54% of adults ages 18 to 34 recognize that neurodivergent individuals are not all alike compared to 74% of adults ages 35 plus. Only 57% of adults ages 18 to 34 know that neurodivergent people can be successful compared to 75% of adults ages 45 plus. Sounds to me like the older people have a better grasp on this than the younger people do, according to this study anyway. Here's a few uh, more statistics. Despite growing societal awareness of diversity in the United States, the study revealed that more than half of Americans, 58%, say they don't have a clear understanding of what neurodivergence is. In addition, the study found that only 52% of Americans know that neurodivergent people don't all have autism. Can I ask you what year this study was? Did you already say that? I think it was in 2020. Oh my God. 43% of Americans incorrectly believe that people can outgrow learning and thinking differences. Less than half of Americans, 47%, are aware that neurodiversity is a viewpoint that brain differences are normal rather than deficits. I'm going to be really, really honest here. Sure. Okay. Like, uh... When numbers are thrown in, it's mm-hmm. like I maybe retain like zero percent of what you say. Okay. So, fine. um, so unless there's like a certain, like a specific, like a uh, like set of numbers that you want to talk about, mm-hmm. then like I literally have no retention <laughs> of any of that information. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just gonna be really honest. Well, I mean, just like this this middle one that I read here that you know 43% of Americans believe that people can outgrow learning and thinking differences. Yeah, like that seems kind of wild to me because like who is even spreading that? Like who's teaching that? Uh, but when it comes to social media in particular, like if you said if you said like to your mom and dad if you were like well yeah it's because i'm neurodivergent would they be like oh yes yeah you're adhd we forgot i don't think so like um i don't know honestly i honestly don't know um i don't know if they even care um (laughs) but but here's where we we get like right into like the the internet and social media can i look at it with you yeah okay so 59 percent of americans think social i can't read it if you're i just sorry 59 percent of americans think social media has impacted attitudes and perceptions around neurodivergence with 30 percent saying it helps people feel more comfortable talking about their neurodivergence after seeing others do so i think that's positive absolutely i agree 43% of Americans say social media has given them the opportunity to connect with a community where they feel seen and understood on their own journey with neurodivergence. So, again, I think that's something positive, right? Mm -hmm. 21% of Americans say that social media has helped them better understand what neurodivergent individuals experience and why neurodivergent people sometimes act in a different way. So I think, like, those are all positive things to me. Yeah. Right. Uh, because it is raising awareness. And just like I had told you in the beginning of the very first episode, the word neurodivergent is not a word that I really heard yeah, very often I like, think, at all until right? just maybe the last year I or think, so. I kind of think about it like this. Right. If you have um, like if you have a kid. Right. And you tracked um, all of the things that um, all of the messages that they got throughout the day so like mm-hmm. the things their teacher said or their parents said or whatever right in mm-hmm. other kids said to them if you if all of the things that were said if you track those if like um 
in a week, uh, 200, like, negative things were said to that kid. Like, like they were said like they, you know, were being bullied or something or bad, negative things were said. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if if 500 positive things were said, then that would have an impact, right? Whether, like, as, as opposed to if nothing positive was said. So I think of it like that, like in the, in like, if you're looking at TikTok, if you watch a hundred videos and let's say 20 of them are related to mental health, um, if nine of them are garbage, right. That Mm -hmm. are like misinformation in like regards to, uh, what, um, neuro, like neurodivergence looks like if, if nine of them are garbage, like, but like four of them are, um, like informative, Mm -hmm. Uh, then it's a positive, it's like a positive net gain, right? If nine are garbage, but four are yeah. informative? Yes. How is that positive? Um, nine like is more positive, than four. But positive <laughs> in the sense of like, if like, um, the other option was not to have anything at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like it's better to have like some, like it's better to like, um, be exposed to like things that are shitty and garbage along with things that are informative and true Mm -hmm. rather than not be exposed to anything at all. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Because like, I guess like too, it's like when people want to want to talk about like the problematic nature of like videos about mental health Mm -hmm. and narcissistic, um, like what we're going to talk about in a minute. It's like, what's the other option? What's the alternative to that? Just not learning about it at all. Or having to find it out on your own. Right. Like, yeah. you can't ban that. Right. It's not like you and can I'm make... not saying we should ban no, it. I'm I, just I know asking... you don't think that. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just asking just saying, what your like, opinion is on the... Usually people, its effect on the yeah, community as a whole. Usually people just, like, have a problem with it, and they'll say, like, this is a problem. But it's like, mm-hmm. well, what's your solution? So here's... This is the last bit of statistics I'm going to throw at you, and these are Sorry, some pretty that, interesting numbers. I think I went numbers. on a wild You're fine. chase there. You're fine. Second. It's going to happen. <laughs> All right. So almost a third of Americans say that seeing people talk about their neurodivergence on social media made them feel like they could be neurodivergent. Okay. In fact, the study found that 69% of Americans would take action if they saw something on social media that made them think they might be neurodivergent. Okay. Okay. So here's how those numbers break down. 39% would do additional online research. Information gathering about neurodivergence. So, you know, a third of those people would would go out and seek that information on their own. 33% would schedule an in-person appointment with a doctor or a psychologist for a formal evaluation, which I think is probably like <clears throat> the best yeah. <laughs> thing that you should do. And then 30% would talk to their family or friends and get their opinion or insight. So yeah. I think those are all like positive things. Um so that, like that makes me feel a little bit better about it after coming across that study yeah. because I'm going to be honest with you, Katie. I've kind of gone into this with the opinion that it might be a little bit negative, especially with the way that social media works and the way those algorithms yeah. work. Because like I told you, I watched one video that talked about narcissism and then like every other video that I scrolled through after that was about narcissism. And so it's like constantly right. bombarding me with narcissism to right. the point where I'm like, am I a narcissist? And then someone told me like, if you think you might be a narcissist, you're probably not one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, I think like the problem with that stuff too is that it's like when you have 
like personality disorders, for example, like narcissistic personality disorder. It's like when you take personality disorders and break them down into like the the characteristic that uh, makes them disordered. It's mm-hmm. like kind of like what we talked about before. It's like um, everybody has some of those characteristics. Um, everybody has narcissistic characteristics. Right. It doesn't make you a narcissist. Right. And so it's like it's easy to um, like if somebody's saying, oh, if if you see this and then they start describing certain they're traits, a narcissist. they're a narcissist. And you're like, well, my brother. And it's like your brother's not a fucking narcissist. Calm down. I mean, there are a lot of people and, and well, not a lot of people. There are a few people in my life mm-hmm. that definitely fit those descriptions that I see online. But again, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not the kind of or whatever profession would be the person that would diagnose those think, things. Yeah. So I would never just say this person that, is flat out a I, narcissist. Yeah. But I will tell you, in my experience in online dating, especially recently, seems like every girl I talk to has a narcissistic ex. I'm sure, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> do they really? Or I mean, how you know, many men do you think that I've dated have had crazy ex-girlfriends? I'm all of them. Yeah. It's just the same. Right. Do you think you're a crazy ex-girlfriend for anybody? Was that too personal of a question? <laughs> um, I just like, I'm sure, right? I'm sure know. I'm like a crazy ex-friend. I'm sure somebody like, like if they saw my picture, like, ugh. <laughs> well, I want to play some of these with you. Uh, okay. These aren't going to be the narcissists. We'll save those for the last. Um, okay. But these are just more of some of the like autism, ADHD, neurodivergent. Okay. And then there's a couple of things that I want to show you that I feel are definitely problematic. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. want your opinion I'm on excited, those. Yeah. Um, but here, let me, let me turn this up a little bit. So the first one I think is actually a pretty decent one. Um, are you going to like link – so, like link people listening to be able to like I can, watch these. I can throw these links into the description of Will the episode. Will you do it? Yeah. Okay, they'll be in there the, um, in the description. Yeah. So this one I think is actually a really good one, and it's about autism and the functioning label. So I'm just going to play that for you. Turning autistic. Oh, oh, sorry. Perhaps. Hold please. Stick is code for wow. That person's autism makes me uncomfortable, and I don't understand how to interact with them. High-functioning autistic erases the struggles of people like me who can mask and pass as neurotypical, and low-functioning autistic erases the strengths and phenomenal abilities of people who can't speak with their mouths or have mobility issues. So ditch the functioning labels and get to know the person and what supports they need and what strengths they have. I told someone recently I'm autistic, and they said, wow, if you're autistic... Oh, it's not You finished. must be the most highly functioning autistic person ever. I hate functioning labels. I got it. Because high functioning autistic it. is just code for your autism doesn't bother So do you feel like that's... Me. And I don't oh know. I keep trying to pause it. It won't stop. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Like, do you think that that's like something that could be positive as far as like mental health is concerned? Uh, yeah. Because I don't really... You And, and she's right. I don't really hear a lot of people say like high functioning low functioning or whatever mm-hmm. anymore it's really like where are they at on the spectrum and then they may say something like well they're nonverbal or something like that um how do you feel about 
like that. And and as far as... <laughs> this might be because of what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. So I hope that it doesn't come across as like me trying to like educate you on how you should perceive like a well, person when they say... Maybe I want to be educated. Okay. Well, then you can be if you, if you <laughs> I mean, so choose. Isn't that choose. why we're doing this? Yes. Okay. So like if somebody... If I were to meet somebody new mm-hmm. and they said um, like I just wanted to let you know that I am on... Like, the, I am autistic. Okay. Um, then, like, I would automatically hear that and then um, understand that what they're wanting, like, that that is a cue for me to then ask, like, um, is there anything that I can do here to, like, make you feel more comfortable? Mm-hmm. Um, is there, like, anything about, like, our interactions that would make things clearer for you or more direct or, like, be more helpful? Um, so like when somebody, uh, like informs me in a personal setting that they are on the spectrum, like, then I interpret that to mean like, okay, that's a cue for me to like, um, be aware that like, I may need additional information. Okay. Is that something that you would recommend to people whenever they meet someone and they are told, Hey, I'm, I'm on the spectrum. You would, would you recommend that someone, start asking those questions as far as that feels like natural for them. Like, do you think that like for you, does that seem like it would be a natural progression for you to then go, okay, like maybe I should ask like, okay, like for example, I might be like, I need the subtitles on when I'm watching something. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, (laughs) yeah. And so like, maybe if somebody says like, um, I'm on the spectrum, maybe that's like a, like a cue to be like, Oh, do you want me to turn the subtitles on when we're watching a movie or like, is this loud enough or is this, should I turn the headlight off or like, you know, like maybe just being cued into like certain things that like, yeah, I think that's, I think that's good. I think it's, I think it's inclusive and Mm -hmm. I think you, it shows that you give a shit about the other person. Right. Um, so like there's some, like this one's called things you didn't realize that were ADHD. And I think these are a little bit more like tongue in cheek kind of videos here. So like, um, Let's see. This this guy's on here. Hey, man, you good? I can't remember where the mugs go. The cabinet by the oven. Thank you. Wait, dude, this is your apartment. You live here. Yeah, it's like every time I walk into my kitchen, I don't remember where anything goes. So that would be like a ADHD working memory thing, right? Yeah, I guess it is kind of like a out of sight, out of mind type of thing. And your parents wonder why you left the cabinets open all the time. <laughs> yeah, wait. Yeah, that's so true. I should call my parents. Do you call your parents often? Not really. And I feel kind of guilty for it because I don't know. That's me I feel right like there. I should miss my parents as much as my peers miss theirs. I do miss them. It's just there's a part of my brain that just forgets. That they exist? Yeah, but that, that sounds terrible. Dude, your parents are like the kitchen cabinets. It's not that you don't miss them as much. It's just more about. Out of sight, out of mind. Holy are you a wizard? Nah, I just have a freaky self-awareness of my own brain, probably induced by my crippling anxiety. Actually, the more I think about <laughs> Like object permanence. Right. And, yeah. and that's something I never really thought of. And, and again, object permanence, that's one of those things that I didn't really wasn't like on my radar yeah. and, until recently. But it's it's definitely true. I, I certainly don't call my parents, especially my mother, as much as I probably should. And I do feel bad about it. And the same thing with like friends. If it's not somebody that I talk to every single day, mm-hmm. then I might just forget about them completely. Like yeah. two of my best friends that live in this town that I tried to hang out with a bunch when I first moved here. I haven't talked to them hardly at all since 2023, just because it's 
we don't talk every day. So it's hard to like keep that going mm-hmm. for me. And it's one of those things that like maybe, yeah, if there's somebody who maybe struggles with something like that yeah, and doesn't I, realize that it might be mm-hmm, a I, sign of something else. Like a good example for me. So, uh, well, when we were watching that, it was like, um, hang on, shoot. What was what was he talking about in the very beginning? The cups in the cabinet, like oh. not being able to remember where the cups. Okay, go. yeah. So regularly, uh, when I'm putting my silverware away, I never can remember like which utensil goes in which slot. Oh, really? Yeah, I have the, no idea. If the tray idea. is empty, if the tray empty? is empty, I have no idea if it's spoons, forks. Well, does it matter if it's empty? No, you but can just... I can't remember. <laughs> I really can't. I I mean, I It could be of, different every time. Yeah, I that's know. how it is for me. I only okay. have like four spoons, though. Oh, I have <laughs> I a, lot. a lot. Of also, like, um, what was I going to say? Hang on just a second. Um, like, I, I've, like, had, like, pretty strong, like, confrontations with people um, because of that, uh, where, especially after COVID, where it mm-hmm. wasn't, like, things weren't like very routine and scheduled where it was like I would go weeks without messaging somebody or talking to them because I wouldn't see them or I wouldn't be prompted to Mm -hmm. so like things that had been scheduled or routine in the past like they just would go by and that would be that would like so there wouldn't be a prompt like talk to Jim Mm -hmm. um and so like a lot not a lot I shouldn't say a lot like a few people during like the beginning stages of COVID, like I just lost them as friends because, and they confronted me about it and they said like, this is, this makes me feel like unimportant to you. And, this, mm-hmm. you know, and I tried, I, I tried to explain and it's like, they just, couldn't, they don't get it. They couldn't right? get they it. They don't. And, and, and it's you like, can't just say, Hey, I don't hate you. I just forgot that you existed. Yeah. Like, like you when can't I, say that. Yeah, They're not take when that there's well. not like, um, external prompts that like cue me to like message you i forget that you're a person yeah i i totally understand that <laughs> like, and, and it's one of those things that like i never really it feels bad it never really makes me thought about until someone put it into words like mm-hmm. again like you with the shoe thing so this is one thing i think this is the the husband and wife duo okay they're from some other country they have okay. an accent i'm not sure exactly where but uh, this is about cleaning okay Bobby, help me understand your cleaning. Go on. So you're happiest in a clean environment, but you don't clean? Yep. You don't like all the doom piles all over the house, but I'm not allowed to touch them? No, you are not. And if you do clean, you won't just do a quick tidy, you'll focus on one area and I'll find you scrubbing it with a toothbrush. Well, if I'm going to do it, it has to be perfect. You really don't mind living in mess, but if anybody comes to visit, you'll be like turbo cleaning. Wait, what? Who's coming? (laughs) So like that's like about cleaning. Where do you think that they're from? I think it sounds like kind of um like somewhere in in the UK. I feel like, but okay, they have. I mean, they seem to have a UK type of accent. I mean, that doesn't really matter though. Uh, yeah, sorry, but like, I mean, cleaning. I, I know that's one of those things that I've always struggled with. Mm-hmm. Even though I think I've got a pretty good like handle on things. You clean I'm not... every time I get. Like, do you clean before I get here? No. Okay. Yeah, you keep your shit clean. I mean, I've got dirty dishes in the sink right now, but I also cook a lot, so I'm always doing the dishes because yeah. you don't have that's, a dishwasher. I don't have. I've never lived in a place with a dishwasher. That's wild. I love it. I mean, it doesn't bother me at all. Okay. But like, I like to cook a lot, 
And I've always kind of had it ingrained in me, like if you're cooking, if something's on the stove and you're waiting for it to boil or if you're waiting for something to cook in the oven, you do the dishes while you do that. So like that's always a good way for me to like make sure I'm doing the dishes. And mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of dishes either. So if I want to eat on clean dishes, I've got to clean can, them. Can I just interrupt? Because sure. I want to say something real yeah. quick and it's a little bit off topic. Okay. So like I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I have never been more aware of my breathing than, than when than doing the podcast been in the last hour i'm so hyper aware of breathing right now because Uh-oh. i'm like can i hear it in the in the headphone and it's like i i don't know I can't if hear that's you a in good the thing or breathing. a bad thing but like i am very I, maybe that's is that meditating <laughs> i don't no. know i don't think you are I i'm think just like so clued into it and like how many seconds is like between each yeah i think for those of you like, who I'm like hyper aware who didn't who what? some of you may have noticed last week but the sound quality is a little bit different we got a new setup we got some new mics and a mixer and all those kinds of things it's pretty dope um but yeah we had the mic placement in a way last time where we could kind of hear the breathing and if that bothered you i'm sorry um it bothered me. we've I, changed I accept your apology. yeah we've changed the mic placement this time hopefully that gets a little bit better with this episode and we'll keep working on it until if it, not it's me i'm like one two three four <laughs> So I did find something that I feel is is extremely problematic, and I want to play I'm, it for I'm you. I'm a little scared. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just going to watch and respond as me, not not licensed professional. I'm just going to play it. Okay. Me a flirt, but I'm oh, wait, actually no. just masking myself. Hold on. That's the wrong okay. one. That's that same kid. I've oh. seen a lot of his videos. If you have a child and they are dealing with neurological issues, ADHD, hyperactivity, autism, speech delay, picky eating, sensory aversions, it's a lot of issues. or anything along those lines, listen up. PBX spray and gut drops zeolite will help detoxify your child at a cellular level. PBX spray is minerals from the ground and it helps bind heavy metals and pull toxins out of the body. Heavy metals can go in and cause neurological imbalances in our children. My son's Sounds speech like delay is that. reversed. He's no longer picky eating. He's sleeping his night and his sensory aversions are gone. We couldn't even get his hair cut because the noise from the clippers would bother him so bad. Use scissors. Last week, he sat through a whole haircut and did not move. Send me a DM for more info or can we you want to chat more about this. (laughs) Yeah. So like I have a real issue with this bullshit. Okay. Um, because it's clearly some fucking snake oil detox fucking MLM and it, and it, I actually did some in, some more research into this company. It is a multi-level marketing company. This woman is trying to profit off of the idea that a parent can cure their child of a mental issue with these detoxifying drops, right? Um, and I actually found an article about these and I want to, I want to read it to you. I have a perspective that I'm not sure that I want to share out loud. Why? Cause you think it's, it, it works. 
No, but I mean, I just, I, well, I, th- a perspective that might help you understand how it could work. Well, let me read what this study says okay. <laughs> because it's causing sickness in children. <clears throat> uh, parents are using a U.S. made detox spray with side effects of sickness, sweats, and rashes to treat autistic children. Advanced TRS, which stands for Toxic Removal System, can be bought online in the UK for $57.50. Uh, euro a bottle <clears throat> its website claims it removes toxins and heavy metals that contribute to health problems such as asthma stroke heart disease and developmental deficiencies it does not mention autism on the website but dozens of parents told how they use it as an autism treatment and claimed that alleged side effects show that the detox works the theory that chelation removal of heavy metals alleviates autism has been discredited Itself, chelation itself has been linked to increased risks of organ damage. TRS is not advertised to treat autism on its UK website, but a US-based social media group for the product claims it can help neurological, speech, sensory, gut, and immune and behavioral issues uh, traits in autistic people. A spokesperson for the company said advanced TRS is supplement for the healthy removal of toxins. He said it's not intended to treat medical conditions um, and seller groups suggesting otherwise are fraudulently representing the the product, which is what that lady is doing. And, and I'll tell you this. Uh, she talked about speech delay issues. OK, um, I was married to a speech language pathologist and have spent a lot of time talking to her about. <laughs> I love it when people use their spouses. Like, well, I mean, as credentials. I mean, <laughs> like it's my favorite. Sorry, that was so loud. Here's the thing. She's <laughs> also into like essential oils and shit. If this was true and really did Obviously work. It's not I true. would have heard about it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I almost feel like it's like I I almost feel like it's like problematic to even put this on here. Why? Because it's like um like it seems like so obvious that that is not like that like I would say that like the majority of people would watch that and be like, what the fuck? You would hope. Right? I mean, like, I feel like even giving it, like, it's like, who's taking that seriously? Well, obviously, that lady is. Like, do you think she's, she's the taking one who, it seriously, or do you think she's just trying she takes to make it, money? She takes it seriously enough. She's not enough. really using it, do you She think? takes it seriously enough to have bought into it and to start trying to sell it online. Right? Man... I mean, we could talk about up. we could talk about how fucked up the whole MLM culture is, and I and, mean that's a whole. I mean, other I have thing. friends that have gotten even, into that shit. Here's here's what here's like on the most wholesome. Like, if I'm like trying to even just think of this in the most wholesome perspective, as if it like wasn't harmful at all, which it is, and it's gross. But it's like okay, like let's say a parent who is who who has anxiety mm-hmm. um has a kid and uh that kid's on the spectrum and the 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 parent who has anxiety is like triggered by their kid right and so their anxiety is like raised if they think that this works mm-hmm. and that lowers their anxiety so their kid their kid's anxiety like decreases i could see how like in the most wholesome way if if i can try to think of it at all that mm-hmm. would be like a positive way to look at it right but if the but child is getting sick because but if of the it, child though, is getting sick and people are profiting it's like what at what point like how like how is that person not like being investigated 
I don't know. I mean, you see that all the time, though, like with the essential oil companies That's and everything like, and their salespeople making outrageous it's and outlandish real. claims. It is real, though, because people How do that all the time. How come they don't get investigated for, like, putting their kids in at harm? Like, you just came to this world. I mean, yeah. <laughs> is this your first day on Planet if Earth, Katie? This lady is like that. Someone's toes go back in job, like Katie. I mean, throwback. <laughs> it's like if this lady is broadcasting on TikTok that she is yeah. poisoning her sick kid. Yeah. I mean, you see that all the time, though. You see, like, uh, on Reddit, shit mom groups say, like, right? You know, I like, guess, like, I guess for, for to be honest, like a lot of times, I think that that shit's fake. I I think it's a lot more real than than you would like it to be than you would like to believe it is okay i mean honestly um, i feel like if it was real i like we would have come across it in real life we would have come across our facebook as like that's a person we know doing that i mean i have unfriended people i have unfriended people in the past that were like that and i remember one time i remember when covid first started i had made a post that says you know friendly reminder don't give medical advice if you're not a licensed medical professional. Right. And this girl I went to high school with commented on it. And she's like, well, uh, to be fair, I think I know more than some doctors because I've done a lot of my own research. I'm like, bitch, see, you didn't go to fucking medical school. See, I saw, I've i seen a lot of <laughs> screenshots of that stuff. But like during COVID, like I don't I don't think I had a single person on my. OK, so Sarah, Sarah, our sure. producer, okay. confirmed <laughs> that. Yes, she knows people like that. I've known people like that. Just because you don't necessarily interact with people like that That doesn't necessarily mean that that it isn't a thing. Um, It makes me fucking sick to my stomach. Before uh, we get into the the narcissism (laughs) stuff, which I think is a whole other thing, uh, I I do want to play the- I think we uh, should do that in this episode. We're already at an hour, and I I mean, I don't- And that's a whole 30 We can save it then. I think we should save that. All right, cool. Well, then I'm going to- I am still going to play this one, because this is someone- that one of our listeners commented okay because uh, we asked him to share don't you hate it when you're like show me the most it just shows you the most relevant comments and hers isn't even on there you have to go to all comments to even see the one comment that was left i hate that anyway that's just me bitching about facebook but um now she says that uh this How is do you think they determine which one's the most relevant i have no idea if that's it gets, a bit like, i mean this had a heart react to it how is it not relevant it's I the mean, only comment and you can't even see it unless you select all comments right there i want to know how who Super works lame. at facebook that can tell me mark zuckerberg He's the only one I know. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is uh, someone had commented, uh, a listener of ours said that this is one of their favorite ASD content creators. And I watched it and I think it's, I think it's legit. So okay. uh, this is Kaylin on TikTok. Let's see. Oh, wait, that's not. Hold on. Every- what were you oh, watching? It's just whatever. <laughs> All right. Here we Does go. Does your inability to adult make you feel like a saggy sack of shit? You're going to love if this. If so, stick around. I'm going to explain why adulting really is that hard. What people call adulting is actually just executive functioning (laughs) skills. Those are the skills that allow us to... All of that. Take, for instance, the very adult task of paying a bill. We don't really think about it, but paying a bill involves a number of components. When you check your mail, assuming that you remember to do this regularly, let's say you see a bill from your dentist. You'll need to prioritize at least opening it. Next, you'll need foresight to understand when you need to take action and what the consequences will be if you don't. Let's say you decide to pay it right now and get it over with. You'll need to make a plan of how you'll do this. Are you going to do it over the phone? Are you going to try and use their crappy website that always seems to be more difficult to navigate than it needs to be? Paying bills is not nearly as rewarding as 
literally anything else. So you'll need to be able to sustain and regulate your attention until the task is complete. And let's be realistic, paying a bill is rarely a smooth process. The site isn't working, you believe you're being billed for the wrong amount, your card isn't being accepted, you're missing information, something always happens. When you're done, assuming you've made it that far without hanging up on the receptionist who gave you an attitude when you tried to confirm the services you were being charged for, you'll need to find a way to organize. Sure would be a shame if you accidentally paid them twice because you didn't organize your records. You're not bad at adulting. You need help with executive functioning. Does your inability to I feel like I feel like that was posted like specifically for you based on things that you've talked about in other episodes. Hey, at least our audience is paying attention, right? Did that hit you in the feels or what? I saw that and I was like, yep, that's Katie. That's That's exactly like things that she said. If I like if I had that part of me, if that was like a part of me that was like built up and developed and nurtured. The responsible adult paying I'd, bills I'd part be of you? Fucking unstoppable. Unstoppable. I'd be fucking unstoppable. Um, so I think that <laughs> is a perfect example of like a positive about like neurodivergence or mm-hmm. neurodiversity awareness. Yeah. Because you know, just like that, just like uh, the conversation in that one video of the kid that forgetting where his cups go, just like you telling the story about not wanting to untie and tie your shoes when you're putting them on. It's there's a lot of people out there that have that unique ability to make these observations about things that I wouldn't necessarily have ever thought would be not typical for everybody. Just like we talked about last week, you know, I've gone through a, a huge chunk of my life thinking that all these little eccentric eccentricities or whatever, or however you say it, uh, that I have are just, you know, that's what everybody does. Everybody must do that. Well, right? I think like, like, um, in addition to that, like, um, most people who are, uh, either diagnosed, um, on the spectrum or diagnosed neurodivergent in some way, right. Mm-hmm. Um, have most, most of us have a certain level of like rejection sensitivity, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, because of the circumstances being that like, we are a little bit different um, and the ways that we are different can kind of stand out when there are more people around. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, we have been exposed to maybe more rejection. And at times that rejection has felt like personal because it is personal. Cause it's like, because we're weird or because this, or because we're bullied or whatever. Right. Right. And so it's like, because of that, um, inherent or whatever it is conditioned, um, like rejection sensitivity, when you hear somebody talking about something that you do, that maybe somebody has called you out for as like being like, weird, like or... being weird or like, Oh my God, like why? Like, that's why the back of your shoes are all fucked up because you can't just sit the fuck down and tie yeah. your shoes. Cause you're impatient. Cause why you're don't this, you just unlock the door and go back inside? Yes. And get the, the, you wouldn't, yeah. You wouldn't have to, you wouldn't have all these bags and like things wouldn't have, like you wouldn't have such, so much clutter and then this and you're this and all these things. And so like when you're, when you hear somebody saying, and I do this, and then you're like, that's what I do. It's like, in, it's like whatever the reverse of reje- like being rejected is. Acceptance. It's acceptance. It's like a little bit of like the shame that like exists inside of you that's been like conditioned in in your blood <laughs> since you were you know a little annoying kid. Mm-hmm. It's like a little piece of that goes. Ah. 
healed. Well, and and you know what? We're doing the same thing, yeah. Katie, because there's people that have reached out to me after the shows. Um, a lot of people telling me that they feel like they can relate to you. Yeah. A lot. And that they're a lot like you. Um, but I thought I was the only one who did the shoe thing. That's something that was said yeah. to me <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. after that last episode uh-huh. uh, about the coping mechanisms came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's one of those things like for you. Yeah. It's one of those things that maybe you were given crap for that rejection thing. But for me, it's more like I've never even heard that put into words before. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of those interesting things that's like, I've never really sat and thought about my behavior and how it might be different to others isn't until that the just one, like recently. That's, it, it, we don't have to put this in there, but like, Sarah, isn't that the most like, like cis hetero white guy thing you've ever heard fucking spoken? <laughs> how so? <laughs> Did you hear what he said? He said, I've just never had to think about like my behavior. And like, is it different from others? No, that's that's not <laughs> Wait, exactly no, what, what I said. <laughs> I said I haven't really analyzed my behavior and how it is different to others. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know why that we have to bring like sexuality and no, gender I guess and all those kinds of things I think, into it. Well, uh, the reason why I did, and again, we don't have to put this in here, was because like, as like, for example, like a woman or like a queer person, you're constantly having to analyze your behavior uh, as it relates to others so that you're like, not seen, like, so that you're like, can quite like be. So you can mask. Yes. And mirror that behavior, yeah. which is going to be a topic on, a, <laughs> on an upcoming episode. Yes. But um, I think you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay, and and we can leave this in. You know, it doesn't okay. have to be left out. I, if you want to call me out on my white privileged cis het behavior, go ahead. Okay, cool, cool. cool. I, I'm not going to be offended by. Okay, it. I won't. You call me out on my privilege too. Like, I mean, do you I have can any? take it. Oh yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> do I have any privilege? Fuck yeah, like. Maybe we should talk about that sometime. Yes, uh, not today. But I think it might be a good idea um, for the next episode to go ahead and we'll talk about some of the narcissist stuff that yeah. we found since I've already got all this, all these links queued up and ready to go. Um, I mean, I think that we could probably do an episode. It might be a two-parter, but it could be an episode that would be like um, – it could be like masking. Uh, you talked about code switching, mm-hmm. um, mirroring. mirroring. Like that. Um, we could talk about that and narcissistic okay. stuff. Perfect. We could talk about that in a two-parter because I think that like a lot of those two things could go hand in hand, and there are a lot of ways that we could talk about that in the context of like a work environment. Perfect. And you know what? I was about to say uh, one of the. There, there was a few ideas that I had kicking around as far as topics of future episodes could be. One is work. Right. You know, and because I've got a lot to say about work. Right. <laughs> but anyway, if you, the listener, have any ideas of things that yes. you would like to hear us talk about or if there's anything that you have a question about mm-hmm. um, and you would like to get my um, – stupid idiot cishet white male opinion or if you'd like to get Katie's professional opinion um, you can email us I'll put my therapist hat back on um, my bra you can email us at (laughs) (laughs) neurodetergent.pod at gmail.com there's also a link to 
leave us a voicemail in the description of each episode. You yes. just click on it on your phone or your computer or whatever, and it'll allow you to record a voicemail. Put those we links can. Up. Yep, I'm going to put the links today. to the videos we played, cool, cool. and uh, you can leave us a voicemail. We'd like to play them Righteous. on the show. We can respond to those things. We will read your uh, emails, your comments, your questions, your concerns, your suggestions. We want to hear them. Again, that's neurodetergent.pod at gmail.com. Boom. Boom. And I guess we'll see you next week. That's Hell it. Hell yeah. All right, cool. Bye. Yep, have a week.